this time on Holy Ghost Notes. Are you in pain? I have started to blame the the podcast. You're like my therapist. He's panicking. <laughs> this is so rigged. Oh, no, no. Hello and welcome to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. My name is Mac Reiner and I have my co-host, Tim Anderson. How you doing, Tim? Hey, I'm doing great, man. How are you? You sound you sound good. I'm doing well. We are currently 3,000 miles away from each other. I'm in Ventura, California, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm stoked on how the tour is going so far. Uh, in the sense that the tour is still going. Um, yeah, if if right. if you don't know much about the Kill Switch tour, we started this tour in 2020. We did three shows, and then we were sent home. So. Um, we're a couple weeks into it. The shows are going great. It's a lot of fun. It's only a three-band bill, which makes it really nice because the shows happen fast once they mm-hmm. start. The day is yeah. kind of slow, to be honest, because we're supporting, and we're pretty used to headlining. Um, when you're headlining, you have a little bit more responsibility throughout the day. So yeah. it's been it's been cool. I've been able to work on some other stuff, like writing the new record, Um and working out and just feels like I have the whole day to myself until showtime. And then as soon as you're done with the show, it's like, oh, the day's pretty much over anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, that's that's nice. It's, it's definitely different than the last bunch of tours for you. Yes. I know. Yeah. Shorter so show, good. too. It's only Is like, it? oh, yeah, dude. We only play like 50 minutes. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's still it's a nice. decent decent set for what the for the type of music that you play, but um, yeah, but yeah, that's significant. I'm, I'm soaked after the show for sure, but I I don't have to pace myself as much, you know. With the other show, it was like I really had to make sure that I had enough energy for the solo. That was like my mm-hmm. my focal point every day was like make sure that you have enough in the tank to get through the solo because obviously, it being a solo, it's just you. And mm-hmm. you're the most transparent and vulnerable in that three minutes. Um, yeah. And then after that, it was like just coast. But on on this tour, it's like I don't really have to throttle because the hardest part of the set is the first block, like the first three songs mm. are the fastest. So it's like, oh, right. I just got done with that. Now I can just, you know, cruise yeah, the coast. rest of the show. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> that is nice. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, anything uh, crazy happen yet in the two weeks that you've been on oh. the road? We've, we've had a <laughs> lot of like I'm digging because I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, so if you haven't listened to this podcast before, first of all, thank you very much for listening. We, we talk about faith and we talk about drumming. And oftentimes mm-hmm. what we found over the last two years of this podcast is that they, they both speak to each other. In a lot of ways. Right. So, like, we'll start talking about the drum topic, and it's like, oh, this has a lot to do with our faith topic. That is, um, that has happened the last two weeks with touring. It's like there are so many parallels between life and music. And mm. it's like your bus breaks down. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? Yeah. How are you going to roll with the punches? Um, and then you get to the show, and you play the show, and it's like, wow, this was this was a lot of work and this is what it's all about. Like we had to make this show happen. So yeah. like I just said, our bus broke down. Our trailer has had quite a few issues. 
Uh, we do not have our regular bus. We do not have our regular driver. We have a rescue bus. We have a rescue driver. Um, we spent a lot of money in, on a limo service to get everybody to the show because our bus broke down. It, it was a pretty chaotic couple days there. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. it's okay. We, we didn't miss a show. And if you know it's anything, great. if you're in the industry or know anything about it, that's the most important thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. I almost like I've started to blame the the podcast <laughs> for things going wrong because they seem to always coincide with the day we schedule recording. There's yeah. technical issues or <laughs> yeah, uh, your bus right. breaks down. <laughs> like we were kind of touch and go that day because we had no idea if you were gonna yeah. have the time to record this episode. And, uh, and here we are. And even today, I mean, if you could see the behind the scenes of what goes into <laughs> putting this, putting these episodes together, I, I mean, it's a lot of work. You guys uh, have been uh, over there trying to get this set up for the last couple hours. <laughs> yeah, Spencer <laughs> was in the trailer. I, 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 I mean, I'd say all in. It was maybe an hour. I'm a, I, I, I was in the hotel. I was like, like trying to scout an area to do this, you know, just carrying around yeah. a mic stand and like a Tupperware <laughs> full of cables. Like, where can I set up? I need, you know, I need electricity. Yeah. I need Wi-Fi. I need peace and quiet. Guess where we ended it up? Back of the bus, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the back right. lounge. The back so lounge. So <laughs> somebody's gonna be waking up here and be walking back and be featured in our episode. Little cameo. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's actually yeah, a no, nice segue, yeah, uh, to our to our first uh, our first guest interview of the year, actually, yeah, because uh, Spencer stuck around and uh, uh, actually Spencer was technically our first guest on the podcast. We were just talking about this. He had a, he had a little cameo, uh, yep. but he's never officially been a guest on the podcast. So yep. I'm actually very excited uh, to have Spencer on officially. Um, Same today. <laughs> this is so rigged. I have uh, <laughs> we have Spencer's phone doing the video, and I just tried to open up the window in the bus, and I went in front of the video camera. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> Spencer uh, Spencer's actually with me, which makes it really easy. Um, I feel like I wish. Tim, I wish you were sitting here on the bench seat across from us, but um, yeah, Spencer's here. And if 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 you're not familiar with who Spencer is, he's been he's been working for ABR for a couple couple okay since 2018. 19. 2019. Okay, I was gonna say three years. Yeah. Um, he's my drum tech, and he um, he's a regular part of the crew at this point. So more than just him being my drum tech, um, and this is how I. I like to think about introducing you uh, as this was my introduction to you. First time we met, we were doing pre-pro and Spencer saw areas in my drumming that needed to be improved upon. And instead of just sitting back and watching it happen, he said, hey, I think that if you do this and this and this, you could see some positive change in your playing. 
And I had never had that in a drum tech before. My concept of a drum tech was like, tune the drums, set up the drums, tear down the drums, and hopefully they're a nice person. <laughs> so there's a lot to get into here, but um, let's welcome Spencer Arnott to Holy Ghost Notes. Welcome. Hi, thank you. It's awesome to have you with us on the podcast. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to start off first by talking about this area of drumming that I never even gave thought to, which is like people would say like, Matt, your posture's so good. Like you sit up posture guy. straight. Yeah. Yeah, you're the you're the posture guy, <laughs> um, and 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 I knew that my posture was good. I knew like my back was straight, and I knew why. My mom would say as a kid, sit up straight at the dinner table, and like we had these benches. Yeah. So when you're sitting on a bench, you don't have anything to prop your back against. So your natural, your natural inclination was to just like slump over the table, basically. Exactly, yeah. which is what I did, yeah. and my mom would correct me all the time, and so I knew that whenever my butt hit a seat. It was just my natural go-to to sit like that. You introduced me to this idea of how your body, the the, the role your body plays in drumming, mm -hmm. and really in anything. And you're very knowledgeable about it. You're passionate about it, which I think is awesome. It's not just like that you know a lot about it. You, it's because you care a lot about it. Like you're really stoked to talk about it. So of course, I want to talk about that element first. Um, how did how did you become so interested in that part of you know like the, the physiological side of things yes yeah uh well it, it stemmed from dealing with injuries over time mm -hmm. i have two permanent injuries one in my shoulder one in my ankle and as somebody who was very driven to like play drums well for very long uh i had to learn how to deal with you know the pain and figure out how to use my body differently in order for it to achieve what i want basically Mm -hmm. um, and that took years of just suffering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, just yeah, over time, I learned a lot about physiology, how your body's meant to work in certain positions and whatnot. Um, I took a lot of cues from Dave Elitch over the last two or three years. <laughs> yeah. At this point, yeah, um, like he's the guy who you go to when you have that kind of problem for sure. Uh, and yeah, like it, it, it all just stems from me trying to deal with my own pain. Mm -hmm. more or less it's just pain management and then within that like I started to see how other people are using their bodies where they're holding tension when like when they don't realize it and whatnot like especially drummers because I mean my job is to stand side stage and watch a drummer play for you know upwards of 70 to 80 minutes a night mm -hmm. um, and just like seeing how their body works and seeing what they look like when they're you know flubbing notes or when you know they're not really nailing parts basically yeah. uh, even though it's like something simple like they should be able to do it yeah the reasoning is usually like their bodies and being used poorly yeah um, yeah so it just over time I, it's experience and dealing with my own pain basically hmm. that's where it all comes from yeah um <clears throat> you you have uh, several things on tour that you bring out of the closet like all right i'm gonna work on you know my wrists or i'm gonna work on my back what 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 are those uh those tools my and instruments your instruments okay <laughs> no no uh i mean i i generally just i carry a trigger point ball with me um and a some type of a foam roller and a small band uh, i have physio exercises that i do okay most of the time for my shoulder i actually haven't been keeping up the last few weeks yeah so i'm noticing a little bit of a difference there um but yeah i just keep like two uh one th 
a physiotherapy band, one actual strength training band, a trigger point ball, and like I have a really scary looking foam roller with yes. me where it's it's a deep tissue, uh, mm. and it's very spiky, and people are always afraid of it, and <laughs> people who aren't physically oriented. Uh, they have a bad time when they lay on it, <laughs> but yeah. like it's it's great for just getting all the insane knots out of your upper back, basically. That's yeah. what it's for. Um, and yeah, like I, I just I learned a lot about trigger point and and how your your fascial system works for the most part, as in, in regards to how your body func- or how your muscles function and like the pain mm-hmm. uh, relating to them. Uh, and the, it's just stuff I bring to maintain myself, like. I have to lift the same heavy things the same way every day, and that's bound to just mess you up mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just maintenance stuff. So speak to the drummer who's listening to this, who's like, all right, I hear what you're saying about <clears throat> how your body uh, is impacted by what you do throughout the day, how your body affects your playing you know, in a positive or negative way. Mm-hmm. How does any of that pertain to me as a drummer? When I sit down to play, I don't have pain. I don't... I don't have any real problems with my shoulders and my legs and my ankles. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't feel like there's anything wrong. What, what, what do you think, um, how do you think that this episode could speak to them? And how do you think that their drumming could improve because of what you're talking about? Uh, I mean, if they're happy doing what they're doing and they're not in pain, there's nothing I can do really yeah. <laughs> as far as that's concerned. But <laughs> if, if there's... There's a, a psychological aspect to it where they're just not aware of the issues they're facing. Uh, you know, some people could be uh, have hit a, like a plateau of growth as far as being a drummer goes, and they mm-hmm. can't figure out why. Like, it could just be they're not they're unable to access new parts of their brain because physically they can only do what they do. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just lack of awareness or you know lack of general interest like if they're fine they're fine you know mostly what i do is is you know with matt specifically like i'll see the way he plays certain parts and if he's sort of uh end gaining uh which is like an alexander technique term um Mm -hmm. like if let's say he has like a syncopated pattern on his bass drum in like the first or second song in our set and he'll throw his full body at it just for this one little like Mm -hmm. kind of pattern on his feet and that's like a, a gross uh, misuse of his body which is a waste of energy and it can cause issues like tearing muscle fibers when they don't need to be torn uh, yeah. and it's just I, I pay attention for things like that but, and uh, guys this yeah. is guys and girls this is so huge because I realize it's personal to me mm-hmm. right I mean you're my tech you're my friend and you're like a like my therapist almost in a way (laughs) and it's and it's easy to look at this and talk about this like it's it's easy to kind of bs about this stuff but there's no there's no bs in this and and i know Mm -hmm. that because i have to play that but it in that first five minutes of the set and i know now that i end gain (laughs) i i called it end game the first time spencer explained it to me but i do that and so I just want to speak to the drummers that might be like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if this affects me or not. When I play drums, in my mind, I think that I need to do more than what I really need to do. So in other words, I don't need as much of my body to, to push down on the kick drum pedal as what mentally I feel like I do. And mm-hmm. so when I get to that part in Meddler where it's just, just this easy three, 
um, I end game, which all that really means is I know that three's coming up, and I throw, I literally throw my body forward. Mm-hmm. Just to push down a pedal, how many inches? Uh, like maybe at most two. Two inches. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. I'm 175 <clears throat> pounds. I'm throwing my whole body yeah. at a pedal to push down two inches. I mean, that's insane. But yet, that's what I do. That's my tendency. And that's a lot of us as drummers, too. When really all it takes is just the control and the knowledge to know you, you don't have to do that. Use your yeah. body in a way that it's smart instead of just being destructive. Right. Like a lot of people tend to practice the way they practice because they think they have to force their way through songs and stuff like that. But mm. this thing only works if you're completely relaxed. You get the most power out of being relaxed and hurting yourself or like stressing yourself out about, you know, doing a simple melody on a drum kit is the last thing yeah. anyone should do. Like you should be completely relaxed and like having a great time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. like people see that you're in pain. People can hear that you're not comfortable. It's it's a big deal, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. Yeah, Tim, what yeah. do you think? Well, yeah. So we did an episode a while back. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but it was basically the the theme of it was um, don't fight your body, just play. And it was it's funny that you mentioned Dave Elich because that's actually who it was inspired by. Um, but I think it's I mean I guess in layman's terms, if this all sounds too technical, I, I think it's akin to like working out, you know, you want to have good form. Um, and it's really easy when you're tired and your muscles are strained to kind of forget about that form and just try to like, I just think of like curling like a barbell and you start Mm -hmm. to like, you know, um, like turn your back a little bit and, (laughs) you know, like, and that's Mm -hmm. when you start to injure yourself. Um, and you're actually relying on muscle groups that should not be used to do that movement. And I think it's very similar with drums. And I, I think it'd be surprising for a, a lot of us listening, myself included, um, to actually examine the things that we're doing that are like hurting our ability to play the drums the right mm-hmm. way and be mm-hmm. able to play through a set um, or to end a set and not you know, feel pain or not be sore. I, I remember like w- when I was younger and for the first time I realized that my wrist should actually be carrying the stick more than anything else. Mm-hmm. It was like a game changer for me. Cause at that point it was all in my elbow and in my shoulder. And it's like my wrist has all the power <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and my fingers, like even just like, you know, switching to my, uh, my ring and my pinky to propel the stick along with my wrist, like that changed my abilities. Like there were things that I was just not able to play throwing my entire arm into it with an elbow. And granted, sometimes that's necessary for what you're playing. But, um, you know, I mean, I was, I I really um, grew as a drummer just, you know, switching around some of these techniques. And Mm -hmm. um, I think form has a lot to do with it. So, Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, universal. Completely absolutely, agree with everything. Yeah, like your, your form is—it's what you use all day long. Uh, your your form is very important. Like uh, thousands and thousands of people have like constant back pain because they were never really taught how to use their body properly, and then they just think, "Oh, I've got a bad back," you know. Um, but like any concept of motion applies to every single thing that requires motion, you know. 
Uh, your body yeah. works the way it works because it <laughs> because of the way it's built, you know, and you got to use it the way it's meant to be used. And if you don't, you're going to be in pain. And right. like, you know, the the modern lifestyle obviously is, you know, we sit, we stare, and we're not really built to do that. Like we are uh, hunter gatherers by nature, and that'll take eons to get phased out of our evolution, I guess. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's really important that people understand how their body works before they like automatically, you know, go to a doctor, get a painkiller, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's honestly a big deal. People need to consider their bodies more. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna speak a little bit to the side of, um, maybe more to the mental side of this, from from a from a place of like, h- how willing are you to accept? criticism and how how willing are you to not become defensive when someone says hey i see this in you this can be approved upon mm-hmm. when when you first came to me and you said we need to put your seat higher you need to have more ankle mobility therefore you being higher will give you that mm-hmm. um you need to play looser you got to play, you know, just X, Y, and Z. Like, there were a couple things that right off the bat. Yeah, lots of little adjustments over time. Yes. Yeah. And and I wasn't used to hearing that from somebody. Right. Because when you're in a, a band, typically you're... You're, um, you're kind of set in your ways. Like, you figure out how to do it, and then that's the way you do it. Yeah, you're set in your ways, yeah. but, but, <clears throat> but even more than that, you're, you're championed for what you're doing. Like, you're right. like... Com- you're being held to a yeah, standard. Bragging people are asking about, you yeah. what you're doing and how you're doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's hard for me to talk about this because it's <laughs> it's so it's not something I'm used to talking about. But um, but when you first came to me, I went home. I I I think I ordered the pedals like that night. Oh yeah. From DW, we, we got them overnighted. Yeah. And then I went home and I practiced on my Black Gibraltar pad before the Constellations tour. I think is how it worked. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I need as much time as I can with this. And I went home and I took a little video and I sent it to you and I said, "Dude, it's working. Like already. Like I'm gonna keep working on this. This is cool." And I remember thinking to myself, "I never would have done this ten years ago. I would have ran away. Right. You're like, no, I can just do this. I do it my way. You know." No, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, okay. I would have I would have just like nodded my head and smiled and 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 went along with it, but right. would have been terrified <laughs> internally. And and I'll be honest, a part of me was scared. Like of I'm changing up my my double bass, like the way I feel when I sit at the kit. That's really important. If you're a drummer, you know exactly what I mean. When you sit yeah. down at the throne, it feels a certain way. Mm-hmm. Tim, you know what I mean by that. Like Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now it just got blown up. Like yeah. Spencer put an M80 under the throne, just blew the whole thing <laughs> to hell. And it's like, all right, here we go. And I'm about to play a big tour, like forty some day yeah. tour. That's one of the scariest things, unnerving things, is sitting on a kit, sitting on a kit, and it feels foreign. There's yeah, nothing else was... that that gets my psyche like, like messed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, screws you it. up. And that's something that a lot yeah. of drummers have. I, I, I would say like 90% of us have it. Uh, we sit at our kit. It's like, this is comfortable. This feels right. But you can get away from that mentally. It's just, it takes, you know, thought and realizing that, you know, you're going to hit this thing and it's going to make this sound. And it doesn't really matter how it feels to you as long as you can reach it and not be in pain. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's huge. Um, I mean, like, you know, yeah, like I was saying, it, if this was 10 years ago, I would have 
you know, I would have nodded my head, I would have smiled, but it would have terrified me, and I wouldn't have had any fun, mm-hmm. and I would have just been scared. Yeah. And I would have mm-hmm. been like, I would, I'd be running away from any sense of conflict or, or, um, confrontation. Right. From you or right. anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know how to deal with it. Of course. And ten years later, I remember realizing, like, I'm actually working on this. I'm excited about it. I want to get better. I want to learn. Um. I, I, I haven't always been that way, and I'm glad that I'm getting better at that. And mm-hmm. I, I want to speak to the drummers or just in general people out there who when someone says something to you and you your immediate reaction is to sort of like cover up, you know, and hide in the shadows and not want to be exposed and not want to put yourself out there. Um, I, I can empathize with that, but you're limiting your growth. Absolutely. Because someone else has seen something in you that you can't see in yourself. And that's scary. It is. But it also means that there's an area that you can be in in the future that's better than the area you're in now. Potentially. Yeah. Right? 100%. That's hard. That is hard stuff. And this is one of the hardest things I've had to do in my career was, like, face the fact that, like, I need to work on these things and it's very uncomfortable. And it is like it's not like an in the past thing either. It's on this tour. There was there was a show pretty early on. We played and I felt I just didn't feel comfortable with my kit. And I had the day off the next day. I went home and I ran the set twice. And I ran the set. I moved my kit around so that it felt exactly like this kit. Mm-hmm. And even maybe more extreme, like sat higher, snare lower. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ran it twice felt horrible at first like just kept going <laughs> keep going keep going keep going got through it came back played an awesome show because like spencer yeah. just said it was like it doesn't really matter all that much like as long as you can hit the thing and the things within reach and you're not hurting your body you're just playing drums it's okay mm-hmm. it's a lot mm-hmm. of it is mental and i needed to go home of course i knew how to play the songs but i needed to get through this part of me that was like that didn't feel good and I don't know if I can do it again. Break down that wall. Yeah, absolutely. Be like, you can do this. No matter how uncomfortable it is, mm-hmm. you can do this. Yeah, and just look at the drummers you look up to. Like, if they if you're trying to play like them or similar to to them, at least uh, they can do it. Why why can't you? Right. Like, they figured it out. You so can you. Yeah. It just takes really thinking about it and like adjusting as you go and just allowing yourself to be relaxed in whatever condition you're you're kid is in or you know whatever the stage is like and whatnot like the key is ultimately just being relaxed and breathing those two things will make all the world a difference breathing yeah Mm -hmm. because if you're in a position that you can't breathe your body's going to tell you that you're panicking and then you're going to panic so like you want to set yourself up for success when you sit at a drum throne right you want to be able to breathe while sitting down which is like a a big skill a lot of people don't have like i don't know if you ever uh our, our photographer ray uh, I don't know if you've ever seen him play Call of Duty, Matt, but he doesn't breathe. <laughs> the whole game, he'll go just face like inches away from the screen and like you'll hear him just go <gasps> like out of nowhere, like taking gasping breaths because he's not breathing and his body is literally telling him that he's panicking. <laughs> it's, it's just it's, it's very important to realize that like if you position yourself properly, you can relax and you can breathe without even thinking about it. Hmm. And that's like that's like square one for being able to play fluidly mm-hmm. or play with fluidity yeah. I guess is the sentence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that's funny Tim um, 
how how does this speak to you in your playing? Like when you sit down to play, do you do you feel like if Spencer was in the room or or if you had a friend like Spencer, there would be things that he would be pointing out in your playing that would scare the hell out uh, of you? One hundred percent, man. I I, uh, <laughs> I go to the chiropractor once a week <laughs> because mm-hmm. of back pain, um, and uh, I I I've you know told him what you know part of it's what i do for a living which is you know i sit on with a laptop all day and um you know but i i do when i get on the kit and for a while i was actually doing all of my mixing from my drum throne in my studio Mm. now i do it all from my laptop with headphones but um like that just you know having bad posture and I catch myself doing it I've already caught myself doing it twice today because we were talking about it but I, mm-hmm. I slouch you know on the drum throne yep. if I'm not actually playing drums but I'm sure I, I mean I, I would almost be scared to play drums in front of you Spencer because <laughs> probably <laughs> oh, no, no. have a whole oh, no, no. list of things uh, to, to help me correct I, I actually implemented uh, you know uh, raising my, my seat height um, after we talked about it um, mm-hmm. And that really helped. Um, you know, there's there's a number of things that I'm sure it would it would feel uncomfortable at first, but would definitely improve my playing. I uh, I just um, I I I'm not sure how receptive to all of it I would be, um, but I'd like to think that I would, uh, yeah. you know, try to take the advice and and uh, you know, let it enable me to be better. Yeah. It can be a lot but, for some people. Like the, yeah, their their like self awareness is only so limited, I suppose. And if you try to present them with, you know, information about themselves that they weren't aware of, I, I think that it takes a long time for some people's brains to really comprehend mm-hmm. that they don't know what's going wrong. Like they mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing wrong, and they can't figure it out. They don't feel it. Uh, but it seems to only take like you know, thought, like you, if you're made aware of something and you think about it a long time, it'll correct itself as long as that's your goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it, it just ends up being like a lot of information to handle. Like, like with Matt, the first thing I did was like, Hey, like you should try these longer footboards that DW makes like the XF, uh, 9,000 pedals. Yeah. And we got those. And that was like, we're a start where like, we were off to the races at that point. I started, can he, I noticed he would hold his, uh, foot all the way down his calf tensed up like on the ball of his foot like as if he was about to like jump off a diving board mm-hmm. uh, as he was playing mm-hmm. and I started to condition him away from it by slapping his calf mm-hmm. <laughs> while he's doing he, it yeah he'd literally walk over with a stick or just with his hand just slap my calf yeah. like mid song I did it a couple <laughs> times mid show too and he's like ah yeah right I gotta remember <laughs> yeah. that <laughs> yeah and I know it's happening I, I know it's happening Um, I know I'm doing it yeah but I'm mm-hmm. scared. Because you feel like if you let go of that position, you're going to lose some ounce of control exactly. over what you're doing. And that's yeah. that's completely understandable. That's exactly right. And that's what you work out in practice. Like, you get rid of that. Yeah. You, you become aware of it, and then when you're in the shed, you actively think about it as you're playing, and yeah. then you train your body to do everything a different way. Like, it, yeah. the best thing you can do for your playing is, like, start from scratch over and over again. I think I've probably re the way I play like eight or nine times over 16, 17 years now. Uh, and each time, like some new part of my playing becomes more accessible yeah. because I've like 
rebuilt myself from the ground up as best I can at the time, you know, with what, with the, yeah. with the information I have. Um, and I, that's like the best way to start. It's just like, be okay with being new at something again, hmm. you know, or just like try to approach it from a different angle and see what opens up. Cause you'll still be able to do what you were doing before. It just might feel a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I think it's really important to do that a lot. Cause otherwise you get stale, you'll develop trigger points in, in areas that'll take a long time to get rid of. It, it just ends up being like a catastrophe later on if you do the same thing consistently over and over again and, and there's some semblance of misuse within it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, like self-awareness and like being okay with not being good at something for like a minute mm-hmm. is, is very important when it comes yeah. to this kind of stuff. Hmm. I think this applies even outside of drumming because this is oh, like, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit, right? And mm-hmm. I, I I personally believe that like one of the the meanings of life, uh, so to speak, is to learn. And oh, the absolutely. minute that we start closing ourselves off to learning new things and, um, you know, being uncomfortable is the moment that mm-hmm. we start to plateau and... Mm-hmm things start to become stale you know so like i see all of this is just like this is this you know we talk about the mental side of of drumming on this podcast all the time this is the physical side it's also mental mm-hmm. but this is the physical side of things and it's just as important to keep our our minds open to how we can improve in these areas um and and i know for me and i'm sure matt you would agree as we're getting older our bodies don't react to drumming which is a very physical instrument (laughs) our bodies Mm -hmm. don't react the same way that they Mm -hmm. did 10 years ago and um and so i know for myself if i want to keep doing this and um be able to play the things that i was able to play before i need to have proper form and i need to Mm -hmm. have the technique right um so yeah i um, I just, uh, yeah. yeah, so Tim, while you were talking, I <clears throat> I realized, how do you summarize this for someone who's listening and they're wondering, all right, is this for me? Is this something I really need to be thinking about? Do I need to find someone like Spencer, someone like Dave Elitch, who can sit in a room and look at me play and say, here's how you can improve? Should I pay all that money for that Dave Elitch course? Should I reach out to Spencer and send him a video of me playing and get him to critique it and send me input? Here, here are three reasons why I believe it's important and it's not just we're not just paying lip service to something that's mildly important. It's somewhat critical, actually, if you enjoy playing drums and you want to do it for a long time. Number one, to your point, Tim, longevity. Right. We're getting older and mm-hmm. our, our health is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose your health. Drumming's going to be one of the first things to go. It's going to be hard enough to do everything else. Um, Number two is just the enjoyment. And I'll speak to this personally because when when you figure something out that makes drumming more natural and less unnatural, it is so rewarding. Yeah. It is is so enjoyable. It's like you walk away and you say, that was easy. And it used to be hard. And a lot of that comes from this idea of how are you sitting? How are you playing? Not so much that you're able to play what you're playing. You probably are. Um, it's just like, how is your body interacting with the kit? 
Mm-hmm. You fighting it or are you playing it? Yeah. Uh, and then the the third thing is just the improvement factor. And this is like the perfectionist part of me is like I love a challenge. Right. It's like are you willing to rise to the to the occasion? Are you willing for someone to sit there and judge you, critique you mm-hmm. so that you can be better at something? That is really freaking hard for me. And I I have a feeling it's hard for a lot of you listening to this. And I would just encourage you that, I mean, use logic. It's like if you don't allow someone to do that, are you going to get better? Maybe, but just by your own means that you've always used. What's the worst that could happen? Your ego is going to get a little low hurt, you know, because you're going to face the reality. But you can only get better as a result. Yeah. That's right. That's great. It, it kind of plays into like the whole normal versus natural thing as well. Uh, a lot of people are taught the normal way to play drums, in quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, but normal just means it's uh, the it's on average with the status quo. Like, so you see a bunch of people playing like uh, Tommy Aldridge. You know, their knees are above their hips. They're sitting super low, like reaching really high for cymbals and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, people do that. It happens, mm-hmm. and they can make it work. So. Clearly, that's how you do it. Um, but what you're doing is unnatural. And in being unnatural, you're causing yourself physical issues and physical limitations that you're not aware of. Um, and, mm-hmm. I mean, by all means, some people can get away with it. Like, Tommy Aldridge has had, like, a massive career for mm-hmm. decades at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, and, like, he, to me, when I watch him, it looks like he's just constantly in, in, pain, in pain. But just, like, pushing through while yeah. still being relaxed, if that makes any sense. Um, and that just shows, like, <laughs> he has the subconscious processes that allow his body to do that yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That isn't to say he probably doesn't suffer from some semblance of back pain. Uh, I would imagine he does. Yeah. I haven't met him yet, but we'll see when I when I talk to him yeah. <laughs> eventually. Um, That'll be your first question. Yeah, it's like, Tommy, are you in pain? <laughs> Ever? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, like, like you, you want to find the natural approach, which n- is not the normal approach in a lot of cases. Uh, uh, natural is like, you know, it'll feel f- kind of foreign, especially for people who've been playing for, you know, 10 plus years and been doing it their own way without any uh, idea of how their body's supposed to be approaching this thing they're doing. Um, yeah. And they'll just, they'll get away with it and that's fine. But over time, you know, you see a lot of guys who stop playing drums because their low back is just so degraded and, and, and awful that they have no choice. And it's because they weren't aware of what they were doing being una- as being unnatural, hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's, That's good awesome. stuff. Hey, so Spencer, before, yeah. before we, uh, you know, th- this is all incredible. And I, I, you know, thank you for, for sharing all of this knowledge and insight. Uh, but I also don't want uh, an episode that is uh, that is your episode, you as a guest, to go uh, to to finish out without hearing a little bit about you. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious, oh. like you know, oh, I, no. I know you had some injuries, <laughs> which you know, which led to your knowledge and all of this stuff. But um, I mean, you you don't just tech for Matt; you tech for Silverstein. Um, you've been teching for a long time. I know that you've played in, in some bands in the past. So tell us a little bit about, um, about you, like when, you know, how, what got you started in drumming and you know, what, um, 
what path did you take to become a, uh, I guess, uh, an above and beyond drum tech, being that you're also Matt's therapist, and <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious. I want to know. I want to know about you. Well, uh, I've been playing drums since I was uh, 15 years old. I got interested in it because I was going to local shows all the time as a as a teenager. Uh, I actually the first show I ever went to was actually uh, Silverstein and a bunch of other local. Burlington, Ontario, huh. Burlington, Oakville, Ontario oh, cool. bands, which was cool. Wow. Uh, and then it came full circle in 2012 when I started touring with them. Um, but yeah, uh, I've been playing drums for that long. I've been obsessed with trying to be as good as I can with it since like, you know, I was 18 or 19 or something like that. Um, I, yeah, played in a couple of hardcore bands. I've, I've played in like an avant garde death metal band, uh, some weird prog rock bands. Uh, I never toured with any of them. Uh, I would do, you know, weekend dates and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I guess so when I was 20, I played a show with Terror and I was moshing and I threw my arm back like a psycho and it immediately tore my labrum and dislocated my shoulder. Uh, and I never properly got it dealt with. Uh, I, I developed chronic dislocation syndrome and I, so it kind of put me in a position where I had to I had to learn about how my shoulder works. Otherwise, you know, mm -hmm. playing drums was a pain and like doing anything was awful. Like I, I had my shoulder dislocate, like jumping up on my friend's shoulders and like pushing down with my, my hands on his shoulders, you know? And then I was yeah. in the gym doing shoulder presses and oh, it rotated out of its socket. <laughs> it's scary and it's not fun. So I learned how to strengthen the area. I, I learned over time uh, how, to, I, how to deal with it uh, for me. Uh, therapeutic approach, I guess, as far as I, I learned how trigger point works for the most part. Uh, I understood the, I learned about the facial system, fascial system. Um, it took actually on Warp Tour, a uh, front of house person, uh, my friend Loreen, uh, was like a multidisciplinary massage, uh, deep tissue massage therapist who do this insane sports massage which was literally just physically tearing fibers off one another and like your body freaks out and it feels crazy uh and i learned a lot about this stuff from her um just you know random internet excursion through youtube and stuff when i'm having certain pains in certain areas i you know i'd get some reference books and things like that just kind of notice how the body moves when it's in pain what it feels like when it's about to cause a problem for me personally like I know my, my, my teres minor tightens up and as soon as that starts happening, my chest starts to get loose and then my shoulder can just pull itself out of, out of its socket if I'm in the wrong position. Ugh. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, yeah. I have an ankle injury from when I was a kid. I like hung off a basketball hoop and, and landed on the side of it and tore the tendons. Um, and I basically have never dealt with an injury properly and now that I'm old enough that I'm going to constantly be in pain, I've learned how to mitigate that pain uh, over time. Um, and yeah, so I started touring full-time in 2015. As far as being a drum tech goes, I think it took me a long time and a lot of failure to like really figure out what uh, I need to provide the people I work for with. Uh, and once I got to that point, I noticed like, you know, holes in their playing because I could, I didn't have to worry about thinking about, you know, how to do my job. So I would just kind of sit there and observe and be like, Hey, like, 
your 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 double strokes on your on your foot pedal aren't happening the way you want them to because you're sitting too close to the ground and you're not getting enough lift uh uh in, in between strokes and just you know it, it was just little things like that over time um and as far as like wanting to be good at my job it's just kind of you know my whole family's work driven <laughs> basically yeah. like that's where i yeah. get it from mm -hmm. like they've been working nonstop since i was born even before so uh and it just makes sense to me to want to be good at the thing you do because why else are you doing it right <laughs> you know, like, yeah like right. should you yeah. not enjoy your job like i i tried the, I, i've i've lived both lives like i've had the nine to five and you know the office job and whatnot and it's just, just not i'm not built for it I'd have, mm. i did that for like six years before i was like i can't live like this it yeah work for me I have very bad ADHD. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's hard for me to be in the same environment all day long, doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I think just like the love of being on tour made me want to be better at my job specifically. And just, you know, generally being intuitive and observant of like everything yeah. around me, uh, kind of plays into all that naturally. I, I'm not sure. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's really good, man. Yeah. It's I, some of that stuff I didn't even know about you. Oh, We've really? been touring together, but that's that's not surprising. Yeah. That's that's usually how it works. I don't talk about myself much. Right. It's also how, good. How often? How often quality. do people actually take your advice? Like when you know when you're observing these things and you're critiquing. You know, obviously Matt has found a lot of value there, but um, as a tech, do you do you find a, a large a percentage of drummers that you work with actually taking that advice and implementing it? Matt has been the one to take my advice like every time I've given it for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I find yeah, we're all we're all neurotic. We all are insane people who do this weird thing where we smash stuff all day long and <laughs> we think we're very right about what we're doing. And that's, that's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, with like, you know, with, with Paul, Paul plays the way he plays. Like he has done it for years and done it successfully for years. So like, he doesn't tend to need my help with that kind of thing because he gets like uh, a knot in his shoulder on the right side basically and that's like the worst that his playing goes but he's a bit uh, twisted when he sits behind his kit so it, it, I have the explanation and the solution uh, and we just sort of mitigate uh, it from getting worse on tour basically um, which yeah it works out fine for him uh, yeah. other people yeah, there's some like people you'll who like I've... talk to drummers on tour, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, hey, yeah. I noticed this." And some sometimes they're receptive, I think. And yeah, oh definitely. The last, actually, yeah, the last tour we did yeah. uh, on Leveler, Era uh, with Era and Fit for a King, uh, Trey who was playing for Fit and Alex who plays for Era. Uh, I was so I was excited to be back on tour for the first time in two years, and I just like decided I'm gonna fix all of you. <laughs> so like i with trey like i gave him a little bit of advice about like his pedal setup and 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 like the way his symbols were being set up and he was like having issues reaching them and stuff like that uh with alex uh his kit's a little uh like a little bit wonky when you look at it and so i decided to try to help him sort that out and and he was having uh he, he never got a chance to practice at home i guess over the pandemic he didn't have a space so we kind of just like set up mm -hmm. matt's electronic kit and i tried to like help him out with little uh technique pointers and stuff like that when i would notice what he was doing wasn't working 
Um, yeah, that yeah. was cool to see you guys sitting, sitting backstage and setting it up and yeah, and working on stuff. And and it was cool to hear about how it was good for them too. Like they'd play the show and Trey would be like, "That was the best. <laughs> yeah. That's the best yeah. I've played." You know, it's it's fun That's for awesome. me when that happens. Like it feels like. Oh, I'm not being annoying and overbearing. I'm ha- I'm helping. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's it's like a natural thing for me to like be in conversation with a drummer, and then they'll start doing something, and I'll be, hang on, do that again. Oh no 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 yeah. no no, this you're gonna hurt yourself doing that. Do it this way, you know that kind of thing. And like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people I've done it to who are like, yeah, okay, thanks, man. Yeah. Bye. Screw you. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going yeah. to listen to that. Which is, you know, we're we're all kind of inherently built that way why we play drums i think yep yeah yeah okay um this has been fantastic thank you so much spencer for for taking some time on your day off uh we are currently on a day off on tour and there's a lot of things we could be doing we're in ventura california i'm really glad that you were you know willing to do this for a couple hours with us yeah i'm glad glad to be here it's my first podcast ever it's a lot of fun incredible your first (laughs) podcast ever second i have a recommendation technically yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Technically. Sorry. I have a recommendation for the for the title. I think we could go with "Fix You," like the Coldplay song, uh, as the title graphic. So sure. just putting yeah. that out there, Tim. If you come up with something okay. better, you usually do. But that would be my pitch. <laughs> fix you. That's pretty good. That's kind of your thing, though. I mean, you'll walk around and be like, "I'm gonna fix him." The yeah, fix I've, I've literally said that out loud to probably you several times you in did. the last few months. Just like, see that guy. Fix them. Yes, you say that often. <laughs> Find someone that'll fix you. Yeah, yeah. that's that's our advice on this episode. The moving life. I love that. Yeah, it's great. Well, thanks so much, Spencer. This was this was great. Um, I feel like I'm always seeing you in passing, but have never had the chance to actually sit down and talk with you for an extended period of time. So this was a pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, it's been great. And we'll be able to do it in person at some point, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be great. Cool. All right. Well, All right. thanks uh, Thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to give us a review, we'd really appreciate it. It means a lot to us, and it goes a long way. If you, um, if you want to give us five stars and give us a comment, that would be huge. If you want to give us a lower rating because you're just not sure about it, that also really helps us because we can be critical of ourselves make this podcast better uh huge thank you to the patreon group the inner circle you're the reason we're still able to do this takes a lot of time and it takes decent amount of time decent amount of uh resources to pull us together i mean i have like a whole setup right in front of me i wish you could see we'll have to take a picture um but it's thanks to you guys that we're able to continue doing this years later and it means a lot to us to have a group that are um continuing the conversations after we hit record we're done so thank you very much for listening and we hope to have you guys back next time that's right that's right yeah thank you guys so much and uh we'll see you real soon if you if you have any questions comments uh or want to reach out you can hit us up matt and tim at the holy ghost uh or any of the socials instagram uh facebook i think we have a twitter somewhere floating around um <laughs> and uh we'd love to <laughs> we'd love to hear from you and if you're a drummer and uh you post drum videos make sure you're using that hashtag holy ghost notes on your videos so we can check them out and uh occasionally we'll uh feature uh a video on our page so yeah sounds good thanks tam great job today you too man we'll talk soon peace, peace. <laughs> <laughs>